Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Sales Prospecting School podcast. I'm your host, Ted Stevenow, and today we're going to continue reading through. We have two more shows on the book. Today we're going to talk about follow-up and finish leads, and then uh, and then it's some uh, last chapter with some final thoughts, so we're almost done. And today, again, we're going to be talking about follow-up and finish leads. So this section is a little tough for a podcast just because there's some sample letters in there and I might skip reading those just talk about the in general what what they're about and if I can if I could somehow include some of the text just to get a feel for what what you know the kind of things that, that might be said in some of those letters that uh, we'll, we'll give that a whirl so let's go ahead and jump right in I'm on page 119 of prospect factory it's called section 5 following up with finished leads once a prospect is designated as a finished lead, i.e. an OK code number six, I have a systematic way of following up with him or her. Because I have so many finished leads with which to follow up, organized follow-up is particularly important. Two major problems become clear when you have a lot of finished leads. One, finished leads can be easy to lose track of if you are not organized about tracking them. And two, if you do not have a systematic way of releasing or letting go of finished leads after a reasonable attempt at doing business with them, you can become buried underneath them. This section details a process I created to help solve both problems. It consists of a set of status codes for organized management of follow-up and five different sample letters sent at various stages of follow-up. The process culminates in a finished lead either becoming a client or being systematically released from follow-up. Once a prospect is released from follow-up, the prospect's name is usually returned to the plus list. Tracking follow-up with status codes. When I find a prospect who has become an OK code 6 or finished lead, I transfer or convert his or her information to my client service database. I do this because if the prospect becomes a client, I want to keep track of all contact occurring from this point forward in his or her client data file. Once a prospect is in the client service database, I use a database field like the OK field to manage follow-up. This field is called status, and it keeps track of any prospect according to the various stages of follow-up. Depending on the follow-up stage, the prospect will receive a corresponding status code in his or her follow-up status field. Defining your status codes. Think about the sales process or sales cycle for your business and try to break it into segments or steps. Your sales cycle may include a progression like the one listed below. Note that at each step, some type of action is usually required. Sometimes a letter or email may need to be sent or a prospect may need to be called. Sometimes the only action may be simply to wait a few days before calling the prospect again. There are six status codes outlined here. In some businesses, it may be possible to compress or combine these steps. Status code number one, or pre-quote. This code designates a finished lead who has been transferred into your client service database because he or she just became an OK code six in your prospect database. At this step, you may need to send a letter or email thanking the prospect for his or her interest, Acknowledge you are working on proposals and state you will be recontacting him or her soon. Also, do the work of ordering or putting together any proposals for this prospect. Status code two, or quote. At this step, you may need to send a letter or email informing the prospect that his or her proposal information is complete and notify the prospect to give you a call to set up a time to go over this information. Or call the prospect and ask for an appointment because the proposal information you ordered or prepared is ready. Status code three, presentation. At this step, you may need to assemble any presentation materials you need that are over and above the quote information you have already prepared. Also, potentially attend an appointment with the prospect. Status code four, consideration. 
At this step, you may need to check the notes section of the prospect's data file to be sure any questions the prospect had during your presentation are documented, followed up on, and answered. Correlate the date that proposal information was presented to the prospect and allow enough time to pass before calling the prospect again. This gives the prospect time to consider whether he or she wants to buy. Also, once enough time has passed, call the prospect and see if the decision to buy has been made. Status code 5 or close. This code is given to a prospect who has decided to buy. At this step, you may need to complete all follow-up work necessary to make this prospect a client and close the sale. Depending on what you sell, you might want to add a few more status codes here to manage the purchase, billing, and delivery of your goods and services. Status code six, release. In this step, prospects who have either become unresponsive or have notified you of their decision not to buy are systematically released from follow-up. At this step, you may need to send a letter or email that thanks the prospect for having given you the opportunity to provide proposals and states your door will always be open in the future. Remove this prospect's name from your client service database and undesignate him or her as a prospect needing follow-up. And finally, return this prospect's name to the plus list. Effectively using status codes. The purpose of status codes is organization and efficiency. When set up properly, they tell you exactly where prospects are in your sales process, what kind of follow-up each prospect needs, and when they need it. All prospects reaching the same step in the follow-up process usually require a similar response from you. An example is, all status ones or pre-quotes need to be sent a follow-up letter one. By querying your database for the prospects having the same status code, you can work more efficiently because you will be able to ex execute similar tasks for similar prospects at the same time. Section 5.2, automation and follow-up. Codifying and organizing follow-up opens the door to automated processes, which can be a huge help. Most customer relationship management software systems include workflow utilities that can be triggered to set off a cascade of follow-up actions, such as updating a lead status and sending email messages at predetermined intervals. The emails that are sent correspond with the template library that is populated with pre-written messages. Through email data merges, messages can feel as if they have been written on a personal basis. Thinking through the steps to automate recurring follow-up can be a game changer. Automating follow-up saves time, reduces errors, and improves your overall chance of success. 5.3, follow-up letters. Sending follow-up letters. What follows are a handful of the template letters I send as a part of my follow-up process. In the early days, these messages were data merged through a word processing software and sent through regular mail. Later, they grew into email messages sent at various stages of follow-up. It is said that prospects may need as many as eight touches before they become comfortable enough to buy. This, of course, varies by the business and may or may not be true in your market. However, it seems to make sense to provide multiple, light, informative contacts during most sales processes. Below is a list of potential touch opportunities you may wish to weave into your follow-up. Note that in terms of content, these messages lean toward informative and helpful versus being hard closing and sales driven. I'm gonna go ahead and read this list with numbers, like I'm say sample letter one without actually giving a sample letter, but I'm gonna, let's characterize the type of letter that could be sent or you have to, that you could write or create in each, each space. So the first one is, thank you for the opportunity. This message is sent immediately after the initial agreement to provide quotes or a proposal is made. It thanks the prospect for the opportunity and promises to talk again soon. Number two, we have forwarded your information to our vendors. In a business where quotes are ordered or prepared, this lets the prospect know the status of his or her request for a proposal. Three, 
helpful tips for widget buyers. This message can either be detailed and contain the full text of an article, or it can be brief and include a link to more detailed information, such as a company blog post. In either case, the goal is to provide helpful tips for those considering the purchase of products or services in your market. Four, a word about service. This message highlights a few key elements about the service you provide. It is a brief opportunity to call out your unique value proposition and position yourself as a trusted guide. Remember, the focus should stay on the customer and solving his or her problems. Five, your quotes are ready. This message informs the prospect that his or her proposals are ready. It may, one, ask the prospect to call, two, reference that a call is coming soon to set up a follow-up meeting, or three, include the proposal for the prospect to review and include instructions on how the prospect can buy. Number six, how do things look? This message is short and pertains to either post-appointment follow-up or follow-up pertaining to proposals having been sent. It asks how the proposals looked to the prospect and prompts him or her to respond with questions. In an email, a reply to a message like this should go directly to the sales rep's individual box. Number seven, any additional questions? This message is also short and double checks to be sure there aren't any outstanding questions that need to be addressed. Number eight, thanks again for the opportunity. This letter thanks the prospect a final time for the chance to be of help and notes that the ball is now in his or her court to reply if still interested. It respectfully and gratefully concludes follow-up while leaving the door open for interest in the future. Using CRM workflows with follow-up letters. As referenced earlier, using automation workflows in your CRM to send these types of messages in a series or drip is a big help. I think I'm actually gonna stop reading right here. Um, the CRM workflows, I give some examples of, so for example, when the first letter, like a follow-up letter one is sent, it can trigger that supporting messages that don't require new uh, custom messaging beyond a person's name uh, can be sent automatically. So you have to kind of see them and it'd, very, it'd be very hard in a podcast to, to, <laughs> to, to lay all this out. But it, essentially when I say thank you, okay, for the opportunity, then, then the, the subsequent letters, there's one that we just read in the prior list. Number two says we have forwarded your information so that I, I, I could have the thank you letter go out and, then, and, and know that within a day or two, information has been forwarded so you could time that to go automatically. Then, then another letter that, that fits really well into this, actually the third and fourth versions, where in the third letter I gave as an example just, just a moment ago, helpful tips for widget buyers. This is like a space filler. It's just an extra touch. It's like, hey, here's some helpful information. Even if you didn't buy from me, here's just information you might know that, that help you become a better buyer, help make buying this this product go more smoothly or just tips, okay? So there's, there's contact touches between elements of follow-up that can help inform the pros prospect about what you do and how, to, how best to work with you and uh, just even to help themselves in their own world. The, the fourth letter, which is a word about service, is, is actually an interesting letter too because it's just, it's just a kind of a gap filler, but it gives you a chance to be able to say, hey, at our company, this is how we handle things. You know, when, things when people have questions, this is what they do. This is the usual process we do at yearly renewal or we you know, follow up in the future. So, so you get the point in these, these eight letters that I just referenced earlier, how they can be woven into follow-up. And many of them can, as, as one stage is reached, then the, the subsequent letters can be woven in automatically in a workflow through a CRM between the gaps. And, and so the workflow in the CRM, if it's done right, can also signal you. So when you sit down in the morning to look at like, oh, what do I have to do today? Or what am I doing this week? 
you can see however many number of people are at what various stage of follow-up and if there's something you need to do it gives you the trigger that you need to do that um, but I think the other thing really beautiful about it too is that is these template letters which I'm you know let me read one and then let's say you know there are several more in the book you got to go to Amazon and get a book I guess to, to get the rest because it's just too it's just too awkward to read them over a podcast but let, let's just let's just take out one and, and see, see how it looks so here is sample follow-up letter one which basically means thank you for the opportunity. So this message thanks the prospect for the opportunity and informs the prospect that you will be recontacting him or her soon. I also work into this message a one-line statement referencing a unique value proposition. In this case, 25 years of experience with widgets. So it says hi, and then there's little carrots for first name, right? Like in a, like in a data merge, comma. It says, it was great to speak with you today. Our company has been guiding businesses like yours with widgets for over 25 years. Thank you for the opportunity to be of help, and we will be back with you again soon. Best, and then your name with your contact information below. Well, let's do, let's do two more of these letters. So here's another one. This is, this is follow-up letter six. How do things look? The main reason I include a sample of this letter is to highlight its brevity. I'm looking for input and feedback from the prospect, as well as meeting my obligation to follow up. Sometimes a simple message like this is all it takes. Hi, first name. Just a quick follow-up regarding the widget quotes we recently sent you. How do things look? If you have questions or would like to see additional options, please let me know. Thanks. And then my, your name, and then there's your complete contact information. Let's look at this, uh, an additional letter. Follow-up letter eight. Thanks again for the opportunity. This letter is appreciative and gracious, and it concludes the follow-up process. This is the time to say, I appreciate your interest, but now I think it's best to leave the future in your hands. I trust that you will call me back if you have any additional questions. Thank you again for giving me this chance to be of service to you. Once you have made a regular practice of sending a release message such as this, you will notice how a small yet significant percentage of prospects will hurriedly reply after receiving it and say, wait a minute, don't release me yet, I'm still interested. But here's a sample of the text. Hi, person's name. This letter concludes my follow-up regarding the quotes and information I prepared for you on widgets. I appreciate the opportunity to be of service and I'm happy to help you in any way I can in the future. Please feel free to give me a call if you have further interest or questions. Regards. Your name, complete contact information. Okay, so that's the end of that section for the, for the reading today, and, and I do I do want to go back and highlight a few parts. So so let's take a look. I mean, the, the first major thing to call out is once again I'm systematizing, right? I mean, if it's not a process, it's a problem, and an issue with turning the corner and getting to the point where you have a bunch of finished leads. So you've got a lot of leads that are building up, and then and you know as leads go. So someone says, says to you, hey, can you give me a proposal on this? And you go, sure. And then you collect whatever information you need. Then from that day forward, there's a there's a, like a sales cycle for every business has one of these things where obviously it's an average. So you might, the soonest you might close a typical sale after that proposal agreement, uh, or the agreement to, to provide a proposal might be, let's say 30 days, or it might be 60 days or 90 days, whatever the number is. Well, if you're prospecting throughout all that time, which is definitely something that you should do, you should always be prospecting essentially, because if you don't do that, then the pipeline drains out and you're, and then you end up in these sort of drought, drown cycles, um, mostly drought though. Uh, and so you're continuing to prospect while you've got people in the process of considering whether or not they wanna buy, right? So what that causes, as you gain momentum and you have more and more prospects, this kind of a blizzard effect where you've got so many people in process it's easy to just go crazy and lose track of where they all are 
So even and for a lot of people, it's like, well, I've never had so many prospects. I didn't know what to do. Like I remember when I used to be able to put a face and name to every every customer we had. That was maybe the first year or two I could do some of that in the business. But now I, I can't. I, there's no way. OK. And so where, where we are is in order to do a good job and remember who's who's in process and who needs what we have to have a system. So we have an, this coding system that we use to show who is in the pre-quote stage, who's been quoted, you know, who's thinking about it, who's who's in process of, of, of buying, where we got, you know, administrative work to do to follow up, and we have a, a process to close close cases out. But what, what's really interesting or unique to highlight here, if, if hopefully this becomes your reality, where you've got this, this situation where you're, you're having a management problem because there's so many people to deal with. One of the things that that is just so on the, just on the other end of, of of turning your prospecting world around is this issue of release, and what that really refers to is we give people about three chances to buy. So we put a proposal together, we we send it to them either they they see it in person or whether we email it to them. We have about three follow up messages to go. Hey, any questions or anything you're thinking about? Just waiting to hear hear responses from people, and. After three messages, we send this message that was the, the one I just read about release. And it's just a great way to do it. It's, it gives people the opportunity. You've got, you know, they have three chances to have questions answered, to, to ask for more follow-up, ask for fine-tuning. You, you get a sense of whether or not a prospect is interested if they're actually responding to you. But what it prevents is prospects who just kick tires and had you put together a proposal and are never going to call you back or got, got uninterested somewhere along the way. And so you sit there and you follow up and follow up and follow up and follow up and then nothing comes of it. Well, if you've got a lot of prospects, you can't do that because you'll, you'll, you'll just you'll, you'll go crazy or you, it's just too many people to chase. So you have to have some sort of a, and you got to decide this on your own. Three tries works for us uh, where there's a limit of like, hey, just following up and make sure you're good. Any questions? All those things that, that I read earlier. And then finally, the last letter, that the, the last moment on the third, on the third swing we say this, you know, want to let you know I'm officially, you know, releasing you from follow up or like concluding my follow up with you on, on this, on this, the quotes that you requested. And, and we try to do it in a really positive way, like, you know, but hey, our doors open and, you know, you reach out to us anytime and we're going to be here in the future and we wish you the best, you know. So it's there's never any. And that's one of the beauties, too, of the fact that it's an automated message or, or it is a pre templated message that it has this positive feel to it. So people don't have you avoid the. Well, the pitfall that people could have, which is just to put a little bit of resentment in your message because it's like, oh, hell, I put quotes together for you. I followed up. I did all this stuff. You agreed to it. And now you're not even, now I'm not even here. Now you're ghosting me, you know, instead of, instead of uh, being frustrated by that process, you just have a process that's, in, in, it's, it's established, which enables you to engage people on a favorable basis to, to really just do your job. I mean, do the, do the best job you can do. If a person's not interested, they're not interested. So what? Right. So if they so if they either it's these are mail that you're sending or these are emails that you're sending, what, what's the downside? So and the beauty is if you if you engage in a persistent process of prospecting and you have leads that you're developing, you're going to have enough sales. OK. And a business that's got a you know, legitimate function to it to be able to you'll be busy enough that you don't need to, to chase people who are not really prospects. And I have had it multiple times. Where I've sent that last letter that says, "Hey, just want you to let you know we're, you know, we're concluding our follow-up with you," and people have emailed me back or called and said, "Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got busy with other stuff. I didn't. I'm not. Don't don't conclude your follow-up with me because we're still into this." And it's like, you know what? If that's what it takes to get their attention, 
that's great. But there's because there's nothing negative or resentful in the letter. It's super appreciative. It's like, oh, door's always open. Thanks so much for the opportunity. You're always welcome to reach out and call us back. So that there's there's never any negative air to it. And so it, it even automates things and in, in, in one sense prevents, I don't know, just any kind of personality getting involved uh, that might influence things in a negative way uh, just due to frustration. So I guess the other thing I want to call out about this section is very similar to the idea of OK codes. Now, if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time going, OK codes, what the hell is he talking about? Um, several shows we've talked about this where basically what those are are they're they're well maybe the easiest way to do it just read it from this is from page 36 okay codes okay codes are numerical codes that categorize and activate the qualifying data you gather from prospects these codes help arrange and direct future follow-up with prospects based on the outcome of calls or other interactions with prospects and so the okay codes themselves are more during the lead development stage Whereas here, the status quotes are post-finish lead stage. So, but it's the same idea. I'm just making a numerical system that says, I'm thinking about my sales process. I'm going, okay, somebody just said they wanted to hear from us, right? Somebody said they want, to, they want to hear about what we do or they want to see a proposal or how we could help them. So I think about what's it look like from the day that someone agrees to do that to, to one of two outcomes. Either, either in one scenario, they become a client or in the other scenario, we release them. Right? They get their three tries to hear from us and then they get released. So these codes, now there's another database field added to my CRM specifically for these status codes. And so the other thing I wanted to weave into this story, and, and we could weave it into the lead story as well, uh, but I didn't do too much of that uh, because I don't want to confuse some of the email follow-up where if somebody's asking for an immediate email, um, you know, does that give you the ability to then kick off a drip of messages that would, would help you with follow-up at the lead stage? And I think there's an argument to be made for that, but I think it's got to be really clear that to prospects that they're going to be hearing from you in that way and that they're amenable to that. So I uh, kind of let that aside in the, in the lead development area. But here, if someone has actually put their hand up and said, hey, listen, I would like to get a quote. And I just, the reason I include it all, well, several reasons. One is that, again, I'm trying to suggest the idea of systematizing things to make your life better and then also your service better and your clients happier but I wanted to specifically include this for that release valve just to show okay you got a bunch of leads now you're gonna have to deal with like how to how to have a process to be able to deal with to deal with them right otherwise you just literally can become buried underneath them I remember in the early days just having you know a foot tall stack of proposals on my desk going what are we gonna do and who am I following up but then I noticed we were wasting our time following up with people that weren't actually you know interested or it just wasn't a good idea to keep contacting these people. So it's like, what do we do? And, and I had to actually stop and say, what's a reasonable number of, hey, you know, what do you think about this proposal? Or do you think you have an interest in buying? And we came to three. And the three, the three follow-up messages are, again, just like in the prospecting space, they're super lightweight, they're super mellow, they're super gentle. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not hard-closing people really at any time in my, in my process. We're informing people being respectful we're following up like we say you know we're doing what we say we're going to do uh and then after that it's like if people want to get on board they got to get on board if they, if they can't handle it from there then it's really it's outside of my control right i do the things that i can control i focus on what i can control and and this gives me the ability to to put people through this this system and then either they become clients or they become released and now i guess the last the last thing to say too is in the release just to just to say it again because i read it when i was going through it but Someone who's been released from the follow-up then goes back to the plus list. And I guess that's a pretty important thing to think about because if, if I don't hard close somebody and get 
get them mad at me because they didn't buy or made them feel super uncomfortable, right? I maintain the right to talk to them in the future without them being mad at me or having some problem with me. I've been nothing but gracious and respectful and as helpful as I can be. And so the leads that get released, generally speaking, unless they have some reason at the end of release or some something that happens along the way that disqualifies the person for whatever reason, they generally return to my plus list. So they start to get regular mail and they, they, they get back to the, the, the phoning cycles and the mail cycles and they just hear from me again. I mean, literally today, I made a hundred calls before the show this morning and I mean, there were people that I was calling today that we've quoted in the past and I just, I just stay in touch with them. I don't, you know, it's literally I'll just say, Hey, so how are things going? You guys okay? Like everything working out all right? And they go, oh, yeah, things are fine. And I'm like, okay, it's great. Good, good to talk to you. We'll, we'll catch up with you again in the future. Um, that way I'm just keeping the, the contact together so that if circumstances change, they could work with us, but never at any point do I lose my temper, or have a resentment or have any negative energy that goes their way. I totally, I keep it on this sort of positive level all the time so that I can keep those doors open with all those thousands of people that we've talked to. And over time, this is part of this bridge building, this relationship building where people go, oh, well, you know, I like those guys. You wouldn't believe how many people for whatever reason couldn't do business with us, but love, but love us. And I call them back and I mean, some of them know me by my voice. It just wouldn't be that way if we didn't have baked into the system, the fact that we're going to be respectful, the fact that we're going to follow up, like we said, the fact that we're going to always be, you know, friendly and open-minded and keep the door open. Now, if somebody does something that really makes us mad or, the, you know, there's been cases where, you know, my partner, uh, he's talked to the people and he's like, hey, man, these people are unethical. Like, they want to do some stuff that we're, I'm not comfortable with. I'm like, okay. And what happens to that prospect is like, don't call, I put them on my don't call list. And we never talk to them again. So there are sometimes prospects that do stuff along the way that we're like, you know what, you're just not a, you're not a good match for our, our business. And when I discover something like that or we discover something like that, then I just make a mark and I just make them a disqualified lead and then they're out. So there's, there's a way to deal with every possible outcome. Is, and, that, and that's important because if you've got places where you don't know what to do with people, they start adding up. They start piling up. So there needs to be, everything needs a place, right? Everything needs to be a place to be in. And so people put things in the place that they belong. And, and in this case, with the systemat systematic automated follow-up or systematic process of follow-up, uh, we're able to handle every contingency and put people where they're supposed to go. So that is probably good for today. So uh, our next show is the last chapter of the book, and we'll move on to Brighter Horizons from there. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you again for listening. And of course, you can go to Amazon.com, pick up a copy of Prospect Factory to read along or to catch up or go back and you know fill in any blanks from, from these shows that you're like, hey, what's it mean by an OK code? Well, it's all, it's all in the book. And uh, if you have questions, discussion points, anything you want to talk about, you're welcome to reach out to me. My email is ted at tedstevenot.com. Uh, if you could visit my website, if you want to learn more about books I've written and other things that I'm, I'm working on or free articles and all kinds of stuff there, that's tedstevenot.com. And until next time, thank you again for listening, and we'll catch up with you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.